Let's just bow for a quick prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you, praise you, and thank you, Lord, the great I am. For, Lord, you are holy, you are worthy. There is none beside thee and none like you. Lord, we come before you. We ask for your forgiveness and confess, Lord, our sins and ask our strength, ask for strength to, Lord, turn our hearts to you and give our all to you and pray forgiveness where we haven't, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your promises that you are there and you will provide for us each and every day through your scripture. And, Lord, we just pray you be with us. Be our unseen guest today. Lead us, guide us, and may we grow and learn about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Does anyone have a clue where this picture is? 9-11 is the date, right? September 11th. Where was this at? Where's the location? New York. All right. Truth or false? I was supposed to have a meeting a block and a half away from there that Friday morning. Yeah. Pretty scary for me. I, uh, I had a meeting that was scheduled with a customer a block and a half from there. And uh, about three days before that, the customer canceled and asked to reschedule it. And so I was driving into the office, and in the distance I saw the towers. Because uh, I, uh, I lived in Jersey at the time, right across the, uh, right across the, the Hudson River. And my office was a, kind of a mid-sized, mid-rise building. Uh, and you can kind of see the, t- the Twin Towers in the distance as you drive in. And uh, you saw some smoke and didn't realize what it was until I got in the office. And everyone's like, hey, look what's on TV. Like, Whoa. To me, that was answered prayer. That was definitely answered prayer. Uh, I know uh, every day I pray, ask God to watch over us and take care of us. Myself, my family, pray for close to me. Um, and I, to me, that was an answer of prayer. And we're going to talk a little about strategic warfare. I'm not wearing any military gear. I'm not coming in with a tank or anything. Um, we, uh, but it is, we're definitely in, in, uh, in warfare. And my question today, and I hope you'll ask yourself, is do you have a battle plan or will you be a casualty? So the, unfortunately, many unsuspecting souls were in those twin towers, and they had no idea what was happening, what was going to happen. I'm not saying that they, if they had a battle plan, they knew all, you know, it's their, every individual's personal responsibility to have that battle plan to prevent catastrophe from happening, but in your own life, I want you to leave today asking if you have a battle plan, um, or will you be a casualty? So today we're going to talk about a battle plan. It's about fervent prayer through the Holy Bible, using scripture, and also some study guides, which include um, the book, The Battle Plan for Prayer, and Fervent. Uh, So that's kind of where a lot of my material is coming from. Let me start with this. Does anyone recognize this quote? There's a hand back there. Do you recognize it? Louder. Lord of the Rings. Okay, which one? Which one of the, uh, of the series? Anyone? Two Towers. All right. What is this quote referencing? What's going on in the plot? Without telling us everything that's going on in the whole movie series... But what, what's, this, what's, what's going on in the particular scene and plot of this quote, this plot is, is, that's taking place, this quote's taking place? I saw a hand over here. Uh, so it makes you loud, nice and loud. Someone, uh, Gandalf is telling Gondor that. Right. Okay, 
Anyone, anyone, go for it. Yep. Yeah, it is the second sequel. It is a sequel to the initial Lord of the Ring, The Fellowship. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So the kingdom of Ronan is being threatened, and Theoden is the king, right? And the king of that kingdom is being confronted by, you know, the, the fellowship, which is a group of folks who are out to destroy this evil ring, or this one ring, they call it. And they're telling the king, hey, you're going to, you know, you're, you got to gather your forces together. You got to battle. The, the evil is coming. And he's like, I'm not going to risk open war. He's like, I don't want to do it. It's just, you know, it, it, we're, ne- we're not going to be successful. And basically, Aragon, he's like, look, whether you like it or not, this war is already upon you. So, anyone have an idea why I'm bringing this quote up? Why even put it up here? What's it got to do with you and me today? What relevance? Any, any ideas? There is always a spiritual battle coming around us, whether we like it or not, whether we risk it or not, right? That's what I think I, you said, right? Perfect. Awesome. All right. We are in a battle. Every one of us, you and I, every one of us, okay? From the day of your birth, you got a birthday present from the enemy. That birthday present is he's been strategizing, scheming, and plotting against you. All right. He is creating chaos, trying to create fear. He's trying to disrupt you, put terror in your life. And if you think, hey, I, I don't have any of that going on. I'm okay as it is. That's one of his other strategies, apathy. Apathy is not caring. I'm okay. I don't need anything. I'm good. All right. So this is very real, and we're experiencing it every day. I'm experiencing it, my wife is experiencing it, your moms and dad, you all individually, from the day we're born, all right? And uh, so what I wanted to share today is, you know, there's good news. There's a way to combat, overcome this, even, this enemy. Uh, there's a way to stop that terror, stop that chaos, but... You know, just because his attacks stop doesn't mean, or, 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 or get th- those attacks that he's putting at us get stopped, doesn't mean that he's not going to keep coming at us. He will. He will. He's relentless. He's going to come after us until the day we die. But there is good news, that there's power and there's strength to overcome all this. And rather than procrastinate, ignore, and surrender, I'm here to hopefully encourage you to confront it. All right. And hopefully today we want to learn about how God can be used to bring fullness in your life, to combat the devil, but also what your purpose that he has for us here today. Right? Well, the worst thing to do is go through life aimlessly thinking, oh, I, you know, what, what's the meaning? There's no use to living. Right? What's the, what's the use? We're all just molecules just... Now, God has a purpose for each and every one of us. All right? Um, so, do you have a plan? Did it come up? There it is. Who are you going to call? Not the Ghostbusters. All right? What we're here today is to share is that the enemy's plans, they start failing when we start praying. Okay? And I want to take a deep dive into prayer, but I don't want to just talk about prayer. 
right? And we'll, I want us to get serious about prayer. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we do that and what that is, all right? So questions. Prayer can be really challenging, all right? I mean, it's, you sit down and pray sometimes and you're like, what did I pray about? How do you find ch- prayer challenging? Is, 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 you guys ever get frustrated with prayer? What do you guys find difficult and challenging with prayer? Yep, and loud, nice and loud. What to say? All right, good. Other thoughts, yep. To be motivated to pray. Why should I pray? Life's going on, it's good. You know, I've got, got things I want. I've got friends. I've got a church family. I go to church. We pray at church. Yep. What's that? Yeah, will God even answer my prayer? Well, what about, will he even hear me? Is he even hearing me? Does he even care? And you know what? Maybe if God does care and he does hear me, when's he going to answer me? All right? Have any of you guys ever talked to people or, or you know, uh, experienced yourself feeling like, man, it's, it's even worthless to pray at times? Like, it's fruitless. It's, you know, nothing gets done. All right? A um, big example of that was a 9-11. big thing you heard about, people were saying, why should we even pray? I mean, if God's a God of love and he lets this sort of stuff happen, there's innocent people dying, why even pray? Do I want to serve a God that, and pray to a God that, that, that you know, maybe doesn't answer my prayers or, or lets things like this happen? All right? It's challenging. I mean, life happens. Yep, go ahead. Absolutely, exactly, yes. In fact, they, they do tra- spike trends of people going to churches. And, and that's the thing, too, is when people do get confronted with in-your-face reality, you have a decision, right? What are you going to do? You can either turn to God or you can hate him and turn away from him. And I think that was, as a result of that, if people are saying, okay, well, let me try and give God this chance to see what's going on. Others are like, no, that's not God. I'm not praying him. But yeah, you have all kinds of... And then there's others who are just, well, these are just a bunch of idiots and we just have to go nuke them, right? There's all kinds of, all kinds of, of um, reactions to it. All right, but what I want you to realize is if you decide not to pray, anyone decides not to pray, that is plan A, all right? Whether you realize it or not, you had plan A going on. And today, I want to talk about plan B. Plan B, which really should have been your plan A. All right? And that's, that's what we're here today for. I want us to develop a strategic battle plan for prayer, for fervent prayer. What does fervent mean when I say to you, you know, let's, let's talk about fervent prayer. You know that word's in the Bible, right? Fervent prayer. Does anyone know the verse where that comes from? Was that? No? All right. I see some elbows going up. Um, yeah, it talks about the, the, the it says, um, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's actually the prayer of a fervent, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So, um, okay, so we'll do that. Uh, and it's a prayer battle plan that's based on Ephesians 6. So if you read in your books, if anyone read it before you came in here and said, what's Paul going to talk about? Um, and by the way, my name is Paul Bojnak. Sorry, I should have made that introductions first. And uh, 
go from, I, uh, I grew up in California, L.A. area, was in South, well, first it was Torrance, then South Bay, Londell, not Londell, South Bay, La Puente, then I moved to New York, lived in New York for 17 years, uh, went to Wilson Flake, and now we're in Mansfield. All right, back to fervent prayer based on Ephesians 6. So I want to read this out loud for us. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all that, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all things, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. When you guys, this is not a, I'm hoping for the most of you this is not an unfamiliar passage, right? Who here is the first time read this verse or heard this verse? No. When you hear about this and read this verse, what are your first thoughts about when you read about this? What, What comes to mind? What's been sort of all the sermons and preaches that you recall from reading these verses, what was the focus? All right. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. And how? Using the help of God and the armor of God, right? How many VBS programs you had, right, with the armor of God? All right. What I'm looking at when I read these verses, especially today, is we're going to key on three verses. Verse 12 is showing that we are actually in a battle, right? It's not a battle that's physical, you and I can go and drop a nuke on it and and, and get rid of it. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual realm. Right? And it's in taking places in spiritual places. So, how many of us can kind of close our eyes and teleport and transport ourselves into the spiritual realm and attack Satan? You thought of that? Alright? It's not like we can actually close our eyes, get in there with some swords and some, 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 some spears and take on the devil in a battle, physically. It's not physical. We're in a spiritual battle. Good news is we do have someone that can take that spiritual realm and that battle. That battle is actually already won. We'll talk about that later. All right. Um, Thirteen, the whole armor of God that you can withstand the evil day. Um, Anyone here wrestlers? Play football? All right. All right. Um, basically, when you are going against your opposition, all right, you've got to take a stand. If you don't have a stand, you're losing ground. All right. On the football field, you know, you've got the linemen up front trying to push the opposite team forward so that your team can open up some holes in the defense and you can make a play, and you can press forward. Without that stand, if you're watching football, all of a sudden people come through your, through your defense and just knock out your quarterback, and your whole plan goes to pot, and you've lost yards. That's what this is talking about. In life, you know, when you're trying to do things, you're trying to relationships you have, your plans, your college, your endeavors, things that you want to achieve, right? 
when you're trying to move forward with life and life just knocks you back on your butt. You've got no stand. And this is talking about having a stand, getting your feet planted, firmly planted, firmly grounded, so that when something comes against you, you're not knocked back and you're reeling and saying, I give up. All right. I also want to key on verse 18. 18 is also not... Uh, actually, the end of 17 and, and 18. So the end of 17 talks about the armor of God, and then it has a colon. That colon says, okay, whatever is following that, that's really important because that's also how you, exer- how you implement what's in the previous part of the sentence. All right? So your, your, your armor, right? All, all your... your, your, your your loins girded about with truth, your breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with preparation. All of that is awesome to have, but if it doesn't kind of combine together and isn't tied together with prayer, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't come together. So that's, again, another focus is developing a spiritual battle plan based on Ephesians 6, but intertwined with prayer and focused on prayer. All right. First thing I want to talk about is the enemy, right? When you're in battle, you have to know who the enemy is, right? No doubt about it, Satan, is a de- Satan the devil, is the enemy. Um, how many times do we even think of Satan as the enemy, or we keep saying people that are doing this against me, someone that's causing these issues, they're the enemy, right? Um, but they're not really the enemy, are they? The devil is the enemy, the devil is the enemy because he's the one who's, who's, in, who's driving. He's the one who's tempting. He's the one who is um, leading everyone down the path of doing what their, their path is. So what's, what's God's plan for the devil and his, his demonic angels? What's his plan? He talks about it in Revelation, right? Anybody? We should all say one, two, three. The lake of fire, right? That's his plan. What's his plan for, for humans, for each, for each and every one of his creation? What's his will? That all may be saved, right? God's plan is reconciliation for us. And the plan um, for the devil and his, and his uh, army is, is, is eternal damnation. Um, do we sometimes give Satan too much credit? So I've got a statement up there saying Satan is not God. What, what kind of boundaries and limitations does, does Satan have? Any thoughts? Okay, Satan can't actually make you do something. All right, others. Sorry, louder. He's not everywhere at once. Okay, good. Others. He can't do anything without permission from God. Yes. Others. I'm sorry, I can't hear you louder? Uh-huh. Okay, I couldn't quite hear that. I'm sorry. Can you, a little bit louder when you ask God. So God has the power to remove Satan from your mind, your thoughts, and from your life, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Um, the devil has to have, be in complete submission to, to, to God. Absolutely. All right. A lot of the things you guys have already talked about, but uh, um, let me just kind of go through some of these, uh, these things about Satan. All right. Revelations 19 and 20, the battle is already won. 
It's foretold, right? Satan has already been defeated. Um, Jesus resurrected and defeated Satan also in death, his cross. He he defeated death. Um, The Satan's influence and authority and his power come nowhere near close to what God is, right? In fact, Satan is not God's counterpart, all right? He is not God's peer. He's nowhere even in the same playing field. And yes, God can, uh, Satan can be combated with strategically directed prayer from God. Absolutely. Um, another thing, all right, so it was mentioned, he can't be everywhere at once. That is correct, because only God can, and God is omnipresent. Um, Satan is an illusionist. He uses cunning tricks and deception and misleads people. Only God can do flat-out miracles. All right, Satan can't do miracles. Only God can do flat-out miracles. Right, Satan misleads us. He deceives us. He makes us think he can do miracles. So really, a lot of times, I think we, we actually feed Satan and make him stronger than he is when we give him more credit than he really is due. All right? All right? And ultimately, as we shared, he's running out of time. The end is coming up. Whereas God, there is no time for God, right? He's eternal. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about the enemy, I want to talk about why we should be serious about prayer. Um, So we talked a little bit about who who the the enemy is and how we can overcome him, but overcoming him through prayer, right, and God's words. So why should we be serious about prayer? Um, I think we kind of talked a bit about a lot of those reasons. Just kind of just go through some of them. So we've got other things to do. But the Bible is filled with awesome, awesome examples. Every successful example we have in the Bible was a powerful example of prayer. Right? No one, no one who's ever done anything amazing, successful in the Word of God has done it without prayer. So that's one key thing. Right. If you go from uh, you know, Abraham to Moses to all those stories that you learned as, as an, an, an example you learned in, in Sunday school, uh, all the way through Jesus, even Jesus, right? Even though he's God, he's part of the Trinity. You know, before he was crucified, right? He spent that time in the Garden of Gethsemane doing what? Praying. So prayer is very, very key. Um, it's a privilege for us born-again Christians. Let me read Hebrews 4. Um, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with feelings of our infirmities, but within all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. So we have a, we have a God that we can pray about and, and reach out through Jesus our our Savior, who actually lived through everything that we lived through, he knows what we're going through. We can approach him boldly. We can have mercy and grace. All right? Next is there's power in prayer. Um, let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, talks about you know, our weapons. So we talked about kind of going into a spiritual realm and fighting Satan. This is how we can go into that spiritual realm and, fa- and fight Satan. We don't fight in spiritual realm with physical swords, right? 
We fight them spiritually with the might and power of God, right? And then in James 5, 16, we talked about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we talked a little bit about what does fervent mean. Uh, Actually, I asked the question. I don't think I talked about it. Um, Fervent. When someone says someone's doing something fervently, what does that mean to you? Have you ever done something fervently? Intense. Awesome. Other words described fervently. What's that? Continuous. In other words, you don't stop. You keep going. You're persistent. Constant. Good. Doing it with passion. Awesome. Good. Um, all right. So uh, let's, you're just kind of continuing about um, why prayer. Prayer is a priority and required by God and godly living. So I love this quote. This is an amazing quote. I love it. Uh, it says, prayer is the oxygen to our spiritual life. So there's a lot of movies out there, cinema that talks about um, you know being in space, right? Recently, there's Interstellar. There's that. You know, there's a bunch of movies even recently about uh, living in space. And the one thing that they need to live in space is oxygen, right? You can't. We can't exist without oxygen. Even you know underwater, we need oxygen. And our spiritual life is like that. Is without that prayer we can suffocate, and spiritually we're going to die. So uh, 1 Timothy 2.18 says prayer is a priority and it's also required by all. And there's tons of examples in the Bible and verses that that instruct us uh, to pray. All right? Um, By the way, if anyone wants to stop me, just kind of wave your hands. I'm totally okay with that. Or if you want to share something about what we're talking about, again, Feel free, free, feel free to, to wave your hands and let me know. Um, prayer is if we're serious about wanting God to make some changes. Right? You're so frustrated sometimes with, with being stalled in life, not sure what to do in life, not sure how things are going. Um, you're nervous about things or things aren't going your way or things, bad things are happening in your life. Um, you know, God told us that just because we're here doesn't mean that you know, bad things aren't going to happen. And just like on you know, September 11th, some bad things happened to some very good people in that, those buildings. Okay? God says that he brings rain on the good and the bad alike. So God blesses us and he allows Satan to do bad things too. Um, so I think we need to be serious about prayer if we want freedom from Satan. Right? These bonds on him. You can't if you're having a hard time kicking this, this habit or this uh, uh, you know, addiction or um, the sin in your life, prayer is the path to break those bonds. Um, if you want your heart to be whole, thriving, and deeply grounded, right? if you want to be used by God, if you want to experience His promises in everything He desires from you, uh, if you want a fence or a hedge of protection around you, and if you want to bear the mark of God's favor on you. The Bible talks a lot about people who had, this person had the mark of God on him. God's favor was upon him. And the thing that's common with all those scenarios is that amazing blessings in God's work was, 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 was evident in that. So the question is, do you want that in your life? I do. Absolutely. And uh, do you want to join with God 
and be part of the plan to send Satan and his demonic angels to hell? Actually, hell and his demonic angels to the lake of fire? Or do you want to be on the opposite side of that battlefield? All right, um, so today, a little bit more now, I want to talk a little bit about what prayer is and what prayer is not. All right, who remembers this guy? Where's that from? Yeah, go ahead. Aladdin. What's, all right, Aladdin, what happens when, when what happened in, Alini, in, uh, in Aladdin? Someone finds a, a, a little, uh, is that a lantern and rubs it and a genie comes out. Does anyone here ever have a genie? No? All right. All right, you don't have a genie, you don't have a, but what's that? Google, all right? Is that Alexa? What do you guys like about Alexa? Hey, Google. Hey, Alexa. What do you guys like about it? You guys ever use it? What do you use it for? Music. All right. What do you, so you say, play me, blah, blah, and it starts playing. All right. Do you ever do uh, searches asking Google for, hey, you know, what, well, you know, asking questions, answers for your homework, like, how do I, <laughs> how do I determine what's the law of anthropy? Maybe not. First law of thermodynamics, right? Uh, you'll get there, some of those of you that are engineers. And then, uh, obviously, don't want to leave out you uh, iOS's guys, Siri, right? You guys ever gone to a hotel and the concierge is there and says, how can I help you, sir? What can I do for you? Where do you want to eat dinner? Where's the best place to eat dinner around here? I want some great Italian food. Where should I go? All right. Do, you, do we sometimes think God is Siri or Alexa or a concierge service? And why isn't God answering my questions and my prayers when I'm treating him like Alexa or Siri? Obviously, God is not a genie in a bottle, right? He does not exist just to grant you every wish or your every desire. So, all right, if, 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 uh, if I don't, you know, use these as means for communications, um, what, what is prayer? Well, what I want to talk a little bit more is what prayer is. Prayer is not about prayer. You ever talk to people that all of a sudden are like, man, I can't wait to pray. Let's pray. And then, Nothing really happens. Or let's talk about, uh, or, or, or people that, that just like to go through the motions and create this big, grand allure about prayer. So prayer is not about the prayer itself, not about the actual act of praying. That's not important. All right? What prayer, so prayer is not sitting down and closing your eyes and clearing your head and brain of all activity and trying to get to a neutral place. That's not prayer. Prayer is not a moment of silence. It's very popular now. Something bad happens on a, on a year or something. Let's just, let's all have a moment of silence. Kind of like pretend like that's a spiritual, godly prayer. That's not prayer. Moment of silence is not prayer. Sitting with your legs crossed and chanting a mantra. Does anyone know what a mantra is? It's 
like Eastern Hindu thingamajiggy. All right? That's, that's not prayer. It's not repeating incoherent words. The Bible, every time someone prayed to God, right, wasn't about incoherent words. Now, there are times where it talks about, and we'll get to that, where, where sometimes you don't know what to pray, and it talks about your spirit through groans, is, is, is reaching out to God, to so God to intercede for you, which is much different than just gibberish, right? Yelling out gibberish. That's not prayer. Um, prayer is not a performance. So you stand up so everyone can think I'm a godly person or eloquent. That's not prayer. Prayer is not telling God what he should do. I know I'm guilty of that at times. God, I, you need to do this. You need to do this, right? All right. Any other thoughts on what prayer is not? Have I pretty much covered it? Anything I might have missed? No? All right. Move on. Prayer is about the purpose of prayer. And that's, that's the bottom line. Prayer is about the purpose of prayer, about, about communicating with God, giving God the glory, giving God the praise. It's about His will and that His Son can be glorified. We read in John 14, 13. Let me uh, get to where I'm at there, and I'll read that verse for you. This is... Uh, yeah, it talks about asking in my name, that will I do, so the Father might be glorified. Okay. What does it mean to give God the glory? If prayer is about God's glory, what does that mean? Thoughts. When I say, you know, let's give God glory, what does that mean to you? Do you know what glory means? No one? Putting everyone a... I mean, everyone's eyes are open. It's good. I haven't put anyone to sleep yet, I think. But Glory. What does it mean to give God the glory? Any thoughts? Wait, wait, here, and then we'll get there. What was that? To praise him. Right, to talk about all the things that he's done. Yep, over here. Thanking him for what he's doing in his life, in your life. Exactly. Yep. Other thoughts? Giving him reverence and focusing on him. Yep, good. Giving him all the credit instead of taking the credit yourself. Those are awesome examples of God's glory. And all of that is combined on what he's doing and how he magnifies himself. And that's exactly it. You guys are spot on. Giving God the glory is when God reveals glimpses of who he is. All right? If when he shares his grace with you, grace is, grace is something where you get something that you absolutely didn't do it to earn it. You don't deserve it. Yet God gives it to you. That's what grace is. And man, when someone does that, yeah, it's glory. All right? It's about showing his majesty. But majesty is his, his, his awesomeness, his, uh, his, 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 his authority. It's his majesty. Um, it's about um, his honor, his power. And in Psalm 148, 13, talks about praising the name of the Lord and how excellent he is, his glory. Right? And then we also have in... Uh, Let's see, we're at about 11.10. I want to keep going pretty quickly because I want to get to some other things. All right. Um, you know, he really needs nothing from us, so we really can't tell him what to do. Romans 9.20 talks about how we are the clay, he's the potter, and he's created us. He's the designer. Um, we see his evidence in his creation. So that all kind of shares the glory of God 
and his handiwork. Um, the other thing, too, is when he shows changed lives. That is, that is amazing when you can see the change in people's lives when they, when they really find God and you can see, man, you know, God really changed their life and, and what he's done in their lives. So those are awesome things that you guys have all shared. Um, I, I've got some other things that I'm just going to kind of breeze through because I do want to get to some other things. But one of the other things, too, is prayer is, is, is open, reverent, sincere, and humble. Right? Um, we have examples in the Bible of Pharisee and the uh, publican, how to pray and how not to pray. So the question was, how do we pray, right? Well, we're coming before the Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Um, he's a consuming fire, but through Jesus Christ, right, being our intercessor, we can now boldly approach him. And uh, this question was, okay, so how do we pray? You know, starting to get to know who he is. And once we know who he is, then we can really, truly give him the glory and worship him uh, when we experience his love. So part of knowing how to pray is, is asking God to show and experience him um, and understand what his will in his life is, in our life. Um, the disciples asked Christ how to pray, and in Matthew chapter uh, 6, he gave his prayer, and it talked about having God's will being done, about seeking his uh, kingdom and his power and his glory to be done in our lives, and we praise him and give him honor and glory, all right? Um, there's no rigid rule on how to pray. You know, some of it could be short, spontaneous. Some could be long. Some could be gut-wrenching. Some could be just through pure frustration saying, God, I don't know what to pray. Help me. Um, there's this acronym called ACTS. A stands for adoration, where you start off with praise. This is just an example. And, and again, it's not one is the same thing for everything. You have to pray this way, but this is kind of how people have kind of formulated prayer. So you start, A is adoration. C is can you confess, ask for forgiveness. Um, thanksgiving with a grateful heart and uh, supplication. So, and another one is, um, is pray. So praise him, you, you know, repent, um, ask God to change your, change your heart and uh, and then make your request, and, and then use God's promises. So those are some acronyms for how to pray. So if you're putting down prayers, that's, that's in developing your prayer. Uh, so some examples. Look in the Bible and also um, look at some of these uh, ways. All right, how does God answer us? All right, and when do we pray? So obviously God wants us to pray every day. He wants to communicate with us every day. Um, pray with your friends, fellow believers, Bible devotions, and God is real, so he wants your prayers to be real. He doesn't want sort of vain repetitions and so forth, but he wants it to be real. Um, I'm going the wrong way. Here we go. Um, God doesn't answer your prayer at times. Don't get discouraged. Sometimes, you know, he has three ways he answers. Um, it could be yes, could be later, could be no. Uh, and that no could mean I have a better plan for you. So, uh, you know, it could mean that, you know, what you're asking may not be the right thing. Uh, and sometimes we're the reason for not getting an answer. Sometimes we're the fault, right? And that fault could be that there's an unconfessed sin in our lives. Um, Psalm 66:18 talks about, and, and Proverbs uh, 128 says, you know, if you have iniquity in your heart. I love Proverbs 128. It says, you call, but you don't get any answer. You seek, but you don't find anything. It's because you hated knowledge. 
You did not fear God. You refused my counsel, and you despised my reproof. So if you did all that, why are you even reaching out to me? Part of it is acknowledging and asking God to change you. All right? Um, also, what are you asking God for? Are you venting? Are you worrying? All right? We have not because you don't ask sometimes. Sometimes you just need to ask. Sometimes we ask for selfish, lustful reasons or wrong motives. Maybe it's not his will, right? Um, and do we ask in Jesus' name? There's power in Jesus' name. I'd like to encourage you guys to write down your prayers. It's not something we typically do, but think about it, right? It's biblical. There's a lot of verses, prayers written in the Bible. So I know we're not typically used to doing that, but, but try to write it down. And sometimes the reason for it is so we don't forget. And what do we forget? We don't forget who the, who the enemy is. Satan is a real enemy, right? Um, we can verify that our prayers are using Scripture to give God the glory. It's his will. You can come back and you can also see answered prayers. So do that. Um, I also have like four main attacks that I think Satan attacks teens with. And I'll share that with you. Um, the first is, uh, where are we at? Okay. Passion, right? God attacks your passion. He seeks to dim your desire and a relationship with God. He seeks to dim your, your, um, your engagement in prayer and to dim your spiritual spirituality and God's plan for you. Uh, if he can, if he can uh, dim all that, uh, another quote is, uh, you know, if you can dim your passion, uh, passion is the fuel and the engine of your purpose. If someone, you find out someone that really loves to do something, the main reason why they like to do it is they got passion for it, right? Um, attack two, I think he attacks you guys with your identity, all right? And what does that mean, your identity? Satan's going to magnify your insecurities and lead you to doubt what God says about you and tries to make you feel you have nothing of value, nothing to offer. The enemy tries to devalue your strength so that you'll never realize what God has given you and that you doubt the power of God in you, and he cripples you, cripples your life with self-doubt. The truth is you can be free. You can be empowered through Jesus Christ to be victorious. He attacks you with third one, which is, uh, is it coming up yet? All right, here we go. Your confidence in your past. So he's constantly reminding you about your past mistakes and maybe some bad choices, right? He's trying to convince you that you're under God's judgment and not under his forgiveness through his blood, and there's no forgiveness for you. The enemy tries to keep you burdened by shame and guilt to incapacitate you by failures so that you can see that, think that there's no point of even trying and that you're unforgivable. Sometimes maybe you might even look at other people's faults and try and justify yourself because you're judging others and saying you're better than them. All right. God does not live in the past. God lives by grace. He makes all things. Behold, all things are new through Christ Jesus. You are a new creature. Fourth one I want to share, purity. All right? He tempts you towards certain sins to try and convince you that you can tolerate them without risking the consequences and ignoring a wedge that is driven between you and God. So he tickles and entices and festers you with moral compromise, unhealthy habits and addiction, or a lure to sexual impurity. Right? So when God convicts you of these, it's not because he's judging you. 
Remember we talked about what God's plan is? It's for restoration. He's convicting you to restore you. He's not there to be your judge. If you don't do anything about it, you continue in it, there will become a time when, yes, he'll be your judge. But his plan for you is restoration, right? He wants to lead to repentance. Okay, sin has consequences just like LSD. Anyone heard that saying LSD? LSD is a drug that impairs you mentally, right? Spiritually, LSD is a drug that impairs you. What it does, it's lust that leads to sin that leads to death. And it messes you up bad. That was uh, one, of our, one of our elders um, shared that. thought that was worth repeating. All right. So what I'm asking you to do is develop a battle plan. And you can use acts or pray. Basically, going through is you identify the attack the enemy has launched against you. Right? You search scriptures. What's God's will? Write it out. And you fervently pray. So with that, I'd like to ask, I have asked a couple of, of you to come up here and, and share with us um, a battle plan of prayer uh, of, a, of, a, of a particular example in your life. So we'll start, ladies first, we'll have one over here. Come on up, you can come on up on the stage over here. Uh, one at a time. So what I'd like you to do is first tell us about the situation, what it is, and then if you could share with us your battle plan prayer. Oh, okay, so um, I guess before I was converted, and before I was converted, and even now, like, I just struggled with identity and finding really my worth in God. Oh, glorious God, you have crafted the planets, planned out the paths of microscopic life. Everything that you have created has been intentional, every piece of creation reflecting your incomprehensible glory. You know exactly what part I'd play in your plan when I was conceived. You don't see me as an accident, and I'm so thankful for a God that loves me more than I could ever fathom. How could I have been so naive to think that such a God, one that simply cannot love me anymore, would not find any use of me? I've been so focused on myself, believing my invented thoughts and Satan's lies, that I'm incapable of carrying out God's perfect will. Forgive me, Lord, for believing Satan's lies, for undermining your creation. Give me grace to overcome these feelings of worthlessness. Help me believe that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Help me to muse on the fact that when you were there, knitting me together in my mother's womb, there was a plan for me, a purpose. I know that I can't save myself, but help me to remember that you already have by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. You have adopted me as your daughter and have transformed my mind to match Christ's. Help me to look past my insecurities and focus on your glory that is revealed in us, that is revealed in me, even when I'm feeling incapable. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. All right. We can have one of, the, one of the guys, and then we'll come back. So you're asking, how do I pray? These are personal examples of prayer. And there's nothing wrong with taking some of that and plagiarizing it for yourself. Absolutely nothing wrong, okay? When it's, when it's your salvation, it's personal. All right, uh, so one of the things I struggled with was pride, and so uh, this is a prayer about that. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, creator of, he- of heaven and earth, creator of the mountains and the forests, lakes and stars, Lord, you are all-powerful and full of wisdom. You are so great, yet you humbled yourself to become a man to die for our sins. All praise and glory to you. 
I confess that I have been prideful. I am arrogant about my athleticism, Lord. Forgive me and help me to stay humble in the future. Help me to remember how weak and lowly I am in comparison to you and that you have created me. God, remind me to stay humble and realize that everything I have is a gift from you. Thank you for your grace because James 4, 6 says, God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. Lord, humble me. God, please help me to give all the glory to you no matter what I do, whether it be in sports, serving you, or even schoolwork. Help me to remember what 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says. From, for who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you have not received? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? From this day on, Lord, all glory will be given to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Over here. Okay, so my prayer was about something I struggled with a lot this past school year and still am, and that's making time to spend in prayer and reading the Bible and balancing school and sleep and leisure activities and keeping God first. So, dear Father, thank you for being a God who knows all things and understands all things. You have created a beautiful creation by the word of your mouth. There is no one like you, and I'm thankful that I rest in the arms of such a powerful yet loving God. Thank you for being faithful and for giving me countless second chances and for continuing to teach me. I'm sorry that I'm a slow learner, but I ask that you could help me get to know you better and that you would increase my faith because I lack so much. Please forgive me for the times I hear your voice and still choose to go my own way. Thank you for giving me your peace when I deserve your wrath and for giving me countless blessings and joys. I am thankful that you see it fit to use me because there are only blessings in your service. Thank you for the miracles you have worked in the lives of my loved ones and for adopting so many into your family. I know that you are the source of all my joy and comfort, yet I have trouble finding time to spend with you. I prioritize everything else before you, and then I feel empty. Please give me the wisdom to keep you number one in my life and in my schedule. I know that you promised to give wisdom to all those who ask in faith, so please give me more faith. I ask that I would follow your will and that my life would be lived for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. So my prayer is actually for a friend who um, I noticed, who used to go to church very often, and I noticed started skipping church and didn't really know why they were not coming and didn't really get a good answer. So this is my prayer for them. Dear Lord, thank you. Sorry. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all you do for us, for your never-ending love, your scandalous grace that we don't deserve and your Son who you sent down to forgive us of our sins through his death and resurrection. I come to you now out of a deep concern for my friend. We've grown up together, and at a point in time, I truly believed he was seeking to know you. However, recently, it all changed. I don't know all that's going through his life or what distractions the devil may be giving him, but I pray that you would reveal yourself to him in the place he's in and help him realize that the needs that he needs you as is most importantly, and that he needs a church family to be there for him. Lord, you're so good to us. I thank you for providing for all our needs. I thank you for your creation and the beauty that we get to experience daily. I thank you for your grace that you willingly give. I thank you that you save us where we are, and we, don't earn, we, we can't do anything to earn our salvation. I thank you that we can cast our cares and concerns upon you and trust that your will will be done. 
Lord, we read in your word that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I believe this is truth. I pray that you would work in my friend's life and compel him to return to church so that he doesn't lose the faith I know is beginning in him. We also read that God worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so as I close this prayer, I ask that your will be done in my friend's life. I ask that you work in him and give him a renewed passion and desire for you. Pray this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Um, we've got a, a few more minutes um, before we have to kind of close and, and head out. So we talked a bit about prayer, and the idea wasn't just to talk about it. Prayer, the idea was to get serious about prayer, right? That we're in a, in a warfare. Um, we've had four examples of how uh, God is, is moving some of your peers, your individual, and, and your friends, um, and tugging at their heartstrings. Any, any thoughts as far as what we went through so far? Uh, have we kind of talked, uh, shared with how, to, how do we pray? I know I went through a midsection kind of fast because I wanted to make sure we got to this part. Um, have we kind of developed a strategic plan of warfare through prayer? that can help you in what challenge you've had? I, we shared, I, shared four, I shared four examples, right? Let me back it up to where that is. Four attacks. What other attacks do maybe you personally have that, or, or someone that you know of is currently going through right now? That's typical, you think, of, of, of your age. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, people don't really care about you. Sometimes you just walk by without noticing or, uh, or not including you, maybe. Um, I know it's tough with sometimes, especially big crowds, right? There might be some folks a little bit more uh, louder than others, or some people may feel more comfortable uh, in bigger crowds than others aren't. Other, other, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and I think the identity one is, I think, pretty good for that one, and some prayers um, that, that, some prayers for that. Let's just talk about that real quick. Um, under under uh, identity, um, we have uh, Ephesians 5, uh, eight through nine. Let me just pull out some prayers for that. Uh, some some scripture that you can um, relate to that. Where's the Ephesians? I had that down. Um, yeah, one I like about that one is John one twelve through thirteen. It says, "As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe his name, who were born not." of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And, you know, just thinking that, you know, you're the child of God, and God's a creator in the universe. He, uh, he knows every part of your life, and he has a future plan for you. He's got blessings that you cannot even comprehend. But when we give in, you know, to Satan sometimes, and, and you know, we think we, you know, we don't have things of, of worth or that, 
or that you know maybe um, you know people don't like me as much or or whatever it might be. We're just letting Satan, who the enemy, attack us. And if we can realize that God has a plan for us, and sometimes His answer would be, you know what, I want you to go through what you're going through now, for a time being, because when you're older, you might be a counselor, you might be able to share what I've done in my life with you to someone else. So don't look at these attacks as, you know, like you're, you know, you're, you, you've got some, some illness or some sort of a, uh, you know, contagious sort of disease or something. Sometimes God lets these happen to us. And the whole plan is that we can impact and affect others. We can be a light for others. God has a plan, and sometimes we just don't know what it is. And he says, you know, I've got something better for you. So my answer right now would be, I want you to go through this, which is kind of a, it's a tough pill to swallow at times. Other attacks. Doubt and confusion. Where were we at there? Who was that? Doubts and confusion. All right. About what? About... about what's truth, right? Yeah. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about in our classes some, some pretty crazy stuff. All right. Tomorrow, um, we're going to take a look at society and how Satan is attacking us through society. Um, just how, how the world takes the truth and changes the definition of truth. How the world takes the definition of a family and changes the definition of a family. And you know, that's an attack about who God is. Because God is the ultimate example of, of a family. Right? Um, you know, it, the, the attack is, you know, hey, we need to be intellectual. We need to be smart. We need to figure things out. When God, I mean, we heard that in a sermon, was it two nights ago, where sometimes we're just not going to know. And, and so God, you know, Satan wants you scrambling about trying to figure out all these details, right? So you intellectually can figure everything out. You can, you know, buy this molecule in this, in this um, asteroid that hit the earth, you know, maybe because there was a slight indentation, there was oxygen there, and maybe there's life there. Man, I'm intellectual. I'm smart. I got this figured out. Right? God's looking at us and saying, you know, we would say, you know, maybe a different perspective of it, but God's looking at it and says, with, with compassion and says, you know, don't be misled. Don't be fooled. There's some things we won't ever know about until he comes and reveals himself. Yes? Are we done? The song. Nightmare? Okay. Yep, with that, let's, uh, it's a good example. Let's close with that. Because um, we do need God in everything we do. Uh, and we'll, we'll, at the end of the song, we're going to, uh, is that playing? Oh, let, me just, let me just close this uh, presentation real quick. Um, what I'd like everyone to do is stand up real quick. Feel free, if you know the song, to... Uh, uh, to, to, to sing along. I'm just trying to get the... Uh...
it not work? Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Oh God, how I 